Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lacanfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick Six Podcast Sunday Night Edition, an incredible, incredible divisional round weekend. Underdogs now seven and one against the spread for the course of the playoffs. Stefan Diggs walk off touchdown, the first fourth quarter walk off touchdown in playoff history, and yet. There's a guy on here who's more excited than anybody in Minnesota. It's Pete Prisco. <laughs> the Jaguars are going to the AFC Championship, baby. Pete, how you feeling? Oh, he painted his house turquoise tonight. <laughs> like, I give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do. You, you do. do. And you it's do. ridiculous to say that you don't. You do. Dude, you were, you, look, like, let's just, let's just keep it real. You were like, you couldn't wait for that game to be over to start sending out your text about, like, just your random hate and whatever the hell else you had going on. You, you could see the game. You were all about the Jags bandwagon. What are you talking about? I'm talking about <laughs> your text messages in the aftermath of the freaking 45-42 victory today. Okay, let's, let's before, before we dive into Pete's long-lasting love affair with Tom Coffin and the Jaguars, um, his, the incredible play of his And Blake hero. Bortles. Portals. We got to get to the action first. I mean, it could be bearing the lead. Not to talk about the Vikings beating the Saints. I'm prone to hyperbole, guys. Um, I'm not afraid to admit that. But Nick, that was one of the greatest endings I've ever seen to a playoff game in in my entire football watching life. Great. Yeah, you came to King Hyperbole the first, handing off the baton. Um, It might have been the best ending of all time. I mean, that was one of those endings where I'm kind of sitting there watching it as it's happening, thinking. At like like in real time. Okay, Diggs, now step out of bounds. Oh, my God, there's no one in front of him. Oh, my God, the game's over. How the hell did that just happen? And then I kind of sat there in, like, catatonic shock for, like, five minutes after the game just trying to process exactly what had happened. Poor, I, I got to say, I feel bad for Marcus Williams because the poor kid's never going to hear the end of it. Mm. That's one, one of the worst plays you'll ever see. And not just did he miss the tackle, but he bowling-balled Crawley out of the play, too allowing Diggs to score the touchdown. This, guys, the Saints had this game won. The Saints were going to be at worst to pick them in the NFC Championship game, and we were maybe on the way to seeing Brady and Breeze in the Super Bowl. All of it gone in the span of one play. Holy bleep. That was freaking amazing. Freaking amazing. What a game. What a weekend. Jason, you seen a better ending to that than that? I mean, it's final it's play. Like, the Ravens beat the Broncos on their way to the Super Bowl. Remember that one? Yeah, the, that know, was Flacco a pass down the sideline. I mean, I, I always kind of flash back to that that Chargers uh, Dolphins game. You know, you had the Tony Nathan hook and lateral. You had Kellen Winslow playing out of his mind. You know, You're going he, way he back. Two, he caught two or three touchdown passes. He blocked the field goal, and then Ralph Benerska in overtime kicks the field goal to win it. I mean, they're, they're, you know, we, we're so, like, 
because we all live in this universe now, we're all interconnected, right? And everybody's like social media and everybody else. And we all follow each other and everybody's putting their stuff out there, like in the moment. And we get so captured by the moment and everybody's reflecting on the moment in the moment that we tend to lose sort of touch with all the crazy stuff that happened pre-internet, pre-social media, you know, pre-personal computer. So I, I don't know. I'm always a little. Well, what about what about the Hail Mary? The original Hail Mary was that happened against the Vikings. Saw back to Drew. Pe- saw back to Drew Pearson in the right. late seventies. No, I mean, look. I mean, you get Super Bowl twenty five, like the Norwood miss on the final play. I mean, there's a million things that you can go. Look, look. Maybe it's hyperbole, prisoner of the moment, to say it's the best whatever. It's not because it wasn't the Super Bowl or a championship game. But to Will's credit, though. It was a walk-off touchdown. The game was freaking over, and then all of a sudden it wasn't over. Like, that goes down in history. Well, and, and, and I would say, too, that, like, let's not forget the Vikings led that game 17 nothing. They were smothering the Saints, dominating them yeah. the entire first half. Drew Brees comes out, does Hall of Fame stuff for the entire second half, leads the Saints on drive after drive. They, they, they end up taking the lead, and then, it, you know, it looks like they're going to win after the Vikings are taking the lead. You know, it flip-flopped back, I think, three times in the last four minutes. And then with 10 seconds left, Sean Payton, by the way, Sean Payton, nice defense. Had a, had, a, had, a, had a rough game. Sean Payton had a, had a rough closing stretch. Yeah, he burnt, you're right. He burnt, he burnt two, two terrible challenges. I guess the first one you can kind of get away with. But then they line up in this defensive setup trying to push guys to the, to, to funnel guys to the interior. Well, the downside is it didn't leave anybody back there to tackle the wide open receiver once he got past the safeties. And all of a sudden, Stephon Diggs is I mean, is that Sean Payton or is that Dennis Allen? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look. The coaching staff, whatever. What? Tomato, tomato. I mean, they, they, Kamara, Kamara. Look, it was horse bleep coaching all up and down this weekend. I mean, you know, we, we, somebody could write a 8,000 word treatise to rival Seth Seth Wickersham's indictment of the dying Patriots. I, uh, postscript, maybe Brady wins Patriot of the Week this week. I'm just saying, maybe. (laughs) Or, Or do you, or do you withhold it because clearly that's motivating him. That's the only reason he's still playing at age 40. Um, but yeah, look, we could write a treatise on on, on all the, the the crazy ass coaching decisions that were made this weekend. But I, I don't. I, it's hard for me to put that one on Peyton. I, I I don't know. I mean, they won the game. Like they had the game. They won. had the game won. They had the game won, and they came back on a team that's a, a, you know as good as anybody plays defense in this league, right? That's Minnesota, and they Minnesota was up seventeen nil at the half in their own building and the Saints had the game there. I was kind of wondering as that, as the Saints drive was going on and maybe I'm crazy for doing this, but I was almost thinking like, was there a way for them to bleed more clock? Like I was thinking that at the time, cause I'm like 30 seconds still might be enough. Like I was thinking, is there a way for them to get it down to, you know, 15 or something like that to where, it's literally Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. You know what I mean? You're going to take three heaves of the ball, and it, it's going to be impossible to matriculate the ball down the field unless you get a huge, you know, you get a 35 to 50-yard return of the kickoff. I, I, I kind of felt like, and I won't even say in hindsight, because in real time I'm like, man, is there a way for them to bleed a little more clock here? Like once they got it to the – they had the, the – the, what, the, the second or third completion of that drive – Got it down to the 24. I was kind of thinking they had a chance to bleed more time, but maybe I'm crazy. 
Well, I, I, th- I thought it was interesting that when you saw that, remember the Saints needed that fourth and ten to pick up to keep going to get within field goal range? What a right, and then after that, and then they had another pick up to like the 24 on a pass play, and at that point I was like, I thought they would kick it with, frankly, more like 15 to 20 seconds left than 30. But. Well, I guess uh, on the fourth and ten, uh, when they got to the fourth and ten, at my point, at, at that point, what I was, the hell are you talking about, Jason? Like they kicked it with twenty five seconds left, and the Vikings had one timeout. Like they they handled it well. What, what do you? What, I thought they could have got it down a little more. I'm just saying. I I, I thought there was a, they could have got it down inside of fifteen, in which case nothing's happening, unless the they Vikings return that unless they return the kickoff fifty yards. Well, I think you got to give credit to Mike Zimmer for utilizing yeah. outs in a He's smart. Smart. It was that's always your time. Some coaches don't realize that Zimmer was smart. Yeah, because I think I saw some people on Twitter who were like, "Why are the Vikings calling timeout?" It's like because the they're Saints- morons. They don't know how to manage the game, just like some of the coaches in this league. Because the Saints are going to make this field goal, and then the Vikings are going to need, you know, as much time as humanly possible to try and score. But I do agree. Like my point on that fourth down, leading up to that fourth down, I thought it was surprising. They kept trying to pick up like 12 yards and 12 yards of the passes instead of just like dinking. Like they had, I felt like the Saints had more time than. Yeah, I thought they could have bled the clock a little more. God, yeah. They kicked the field goal with 25 seconds left. Like they won the game. <laughs> I hate to break Dude, this. Nick, the drive started with a minute 26. I'm yeah. saying they could have bled the clock a little more. I just think out of all the things time out, they were trying to bleed the clock. Correct. The Vikings called that timeout because they wanted time left. I mean, you guys are nuts. Like out of all the things to bang on the Sage coaching staff for, and there's a lot of them. This is what we're choosing. I mean, how about Peyton's back-to-back horrendous challenges to cost two timeouts? What the hell was he thinking? What were those timeouts going to do for them? Then they didn't need need timeouts. They They didn't need anything in the the grand scheme of things. They didn't, but they could have, and it was freaking terrible. Well, all right. Well, to Jason's point, I will say too, like the Saints got to the forty. Um, I'm, I've got it going right here. The Saints got to the 43, and they snapped the ball with like 23 seconds left and a minute on the clock overall. Yes. Then they cross midfield, and they get out of bounds with 55 seconds left. I mean, at that point, like, you know you're going to get a field goal look, or you should get a field goal look. And this is where I thought it was weird. They started to, like, they started to, like, try and pick up too much time, too much, too much yardage. And I think we've, like, lost Nick. Nick is freaking out. He's, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, look. Clearly, they left too much time. Wait a second. They got a first down at the 33 with 40 seconds left. They ran the ball. Or they passed short to Ginn. Then he went out of bounds. Yeah, it was like Ginn down to like the 24, right? Ginn got down to the 29, but he went out of bounds. Then they called time. Then they threw to Michael Thomas. And then they, remember, they looked like it was an incomplete uh, incomplete pass, but it it wasn't. Right, that was the review. Yeah. Timeout by the Vikings. Then... He ran up the middle for minus one, timeout by the Vikings on third down, and then a fourth down he kicked. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I guess the only other thing you could have done differently was Ted Ginn stays in bound when, in bounds, right. catches the ball at the 29 with 37 seconds left. Look, look, Ted Ginn caught the ball. Let's, 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 that's a big enough miracle as it was. And Ted Ginn played, by the way, the game of his life. He was fantastic. Or you could have, or you could have got first down on third and one. That would have helped. Yes, yeah, yeah, Kamara yeah. barreling into the middle. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a we're just we're just taking. You might as well if you if you wouldn't lose any yards, that was just we're taking a knee. Send the yeah, field goal. Well, that was well, that was positioning the 
for the field goal, right? That was putting it on the hash mark. We're putting it exactly where you want for the field goal. Right, so let me ask you this, Pete. Do you, third and one? <laughs> do you blame Pete? Do you blame the the offensive setup there more, or do you blame the, the lack of defensive setup um, given up the Diggs touchdown pass? Do I blame? Who do you blame for the Diggs touchdown pass? Or you just tip your cap to Case Keaton and say, "Man, you play Marcus Williams." Made a it, was a, it was a freak play. I mean, what are you going to freaking yeah, do? The kid's, the kid's got to make the play. Go hit him. If he actually, if he cuts his legs out, right, yeah. he's tackled there and the game's over. There's no way to get another playoff. Right? Yeah. Yes. So what was he doing? Trying not to draw pass interference, I guess. I mean, that's the only explanation, right? Well, by the time he had run to him and ducked, the ball was already in his hands. It was a terrible play. Look. The kid's been a great player this year, a really good player for him. He's going to be a really special player on that defense. But do you get past that? I mean, that's going to test his mental resolve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I guess he collapsed in the locker room after the game in tears or something. Which, come on, come on, dude, you can't do that. Well, I, well, that I don't have a problem. With. What do you I mean? mean? Come on, you can't Alex. do that. You can't. How dare you be a human being? Be my football, football cyborg. Oh, you have no emotion. You have no heart. You're just here to be called in machine. Yes, that's exactly what you're there for, and to cast a check. I did I did agree with Pete's Jalen Hurts take earlier in the week, but I disagree with that one on Marcus Williams. Like I always tell guys, if that's the worst thing that happens in your life, you've had a hell of a life. Oh, my God. Who said it's the worst? Nobody said it's the worst thing that ever happened to him. He's just experiencing the moment and feeling like he let it's it a hard, down. It's a hard had a chance to, to win like a, a Super Bowl. It's a hard thing to do. I get it. And, and, you know, the crazy thing about this is, like, the way that the Saints – that Vikings defense is awesome. That Vikings defense is a buzzsaw. And the Saints made him look pretty ordinary in that second half. The Breeze touchdown half, pass yeah. to Kamara. The breeze touchdown pass to Kamara was an absolute thing of beauty on that route against Eric Hendricks. Nothing you can do about it. Like, there's no linebacker in the history of the NFL that could have defended that pass. It's just it's just not possible. And the Saints, for all intents and purposes, and Will, I know you said it, and you're right, like, they didn't win. But, like, they kind of did win the game. And with all the momentum that they had built, like, with what they had done to that Vikings defense, like, they went down the field needing a field goal on Mike Zimmer's defense on the road with that screaming crowd, and they got it. Like, like they made Mike Zimmer's defense look bad, flat out. Period, and now they have to go home. Like that to me is just yeah, it's devastating. The finality of the playoffs, just, was, just like that. No, you're right. The finality of the playoff, the NFL playoffs, is is like nothing else because it's just all of a sudden it's just snap and it's over and your season is finished. It's I thought not like you can go oh back in game three we could have done this and it could have gone differently. Like this is a one game scenario. You're, you're one and done. I mean, and, and, and again, like the crazy thing too is that this felt over with 10 seconds left. I mean, just tackle the guy in bounds and the game is over and, and digs, and digs pulls it off. It was incredible. I, a couple of things, um, worth noting. The Vikings are three and a half point favorites right now in Minnesota. That is a lot of points. Um, but Minnesota looked great in the first half and Drew Brees slightly better than Nick Foles. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. Um, and also Drew Brees after the game was, was talking at the podium about a window. That it opened up. Interesting, considering he is a free agent. Any chance he goes anywhere other than New Orleans, Jason? No. Of course there is. No. I mean, no. Where's he going? Whoever gives Tom Condon three years, ninety million with sixty guaranteed. You know what? You know what? I got to tell you. 
I agree with Jason on this one because what Bree showed you with CBA, he got got that deal done. He got paid and screw everybody else. So I'm not listen. I, I'm, I'm with you here. Breeze gets three years, ninety million from the Browns. Drew Brees going to the Browns. I'm with you. What if it the Saints give the Browns, What if the Saints give I mean, him a good contract? Well, I, th- I think that the Saints would win a tiebreaker. But I mean, if, right. the, if the Saints decide to decide to play chicken with him, he might go somewhere else, and they can't franchise tag him anymore. No, they can't franchise him. There's nothing they can do to restrict his uh, crazy. economic mobility whatsoever. And it could be Denver. I mean, it could be Arizona. Arizona. I mean, I, I think okay. the Jets are. Awesome. The, you know, you know who should do it? Freaking Jacksonville. Ow. Well, that's well, who should well, do it. Well, let's see how the next couple games play out before we throw. They're not Blake winning the Super Bowl out. with Blake Bortles. They're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not. All right. Well, you know what? You know, no, you know like, what? Let's, let's he can say whatever he wants. That. I know. Why I know they that win? they've they've got the they've got the hypothetical uh, Super Bowl route that goes by Pete's house and everybody stops by for a kegger it. and a white wine spritzer or whatever. But so that's Brin- that's Brinson's parade party, not mine. Dude, you're gonna stop by Pete's place and you like put some baby powder in his hand, slaps in the face, and you get to shoot his cat with some testosterone. <laughs> it gives you a forty of old English. Yeah. My my cat, you know what my cat will do that day? He'll call in and tell everybody at work that I have a parade or something to go to, and he's going to be a part of it, and I won't be able to because I put a deposit on the parade spot, and I won't be able to make it to work that day. But you wonder why the iTunes reviews people think that this show sucks with his inside jokes. Anyway, um, you get so worked up about the iTunes reviews. God, yeah, who cares, he, he really, dude? He really, he yeah, really whatever, doesn't. He, he really doesn't. popularity contest. Who cares? Who freaking cares? But I mean, to be fair to Brinson, he really doesn't. I mean, that's that, that's no, kind of we're making it out. But we're making it out like he does. And Nick's, Nick's coming to his defense. Look, I'm going to take up for little Willie over here. Because you're wrong and he's right. Like that's why it has nothing uh, to do with anything. Pete, let's talk about the Jaguars though. They went oh, in. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What, what, what about Sean Payton? Will is he a lock to come back before we need to get out of this game? Back. He's right. Okay, but one more thing on Breeze. What do you think? I'm going to go around the horn here. What are the chances that Drew Breeze is not in the Saints uniform next year? Brinson? 19.37%. Nick? The chances that he's not in the Saints uniform. 30%. Jason? I'll say 33.3%. I'll say 15. I think he's back. Okay, we all we all think he's probably, <laughs> but I think he's back. I think he's back more than you guys do. I don't. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. That is how that is how math works. Okay, so Pete, you win, Pete. You win. You win again. You always win. <laughs> I know. I always win. Everyone, everyone listed number. Pete lists a lower number. Then he's like, I think more than you guys. And you, right, and you're and and your little pea brain, you do always win. Pete yeah. Prisco, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Hey, hey on, a fan, on our fantasy show, Nick once said something about, what did you say, Nick, about the listing of the, the rankings? What, what? You said, oh, by the way, these rankings. I, I, I flubbed something in like week three of the, the fantasy show. I said, all you have to do is start the person that's lower on the rankings. So I was like, well, that's not right. <laughs> So the Jaguars, what pick did the Jaguars use on Leonard Fournette? Number four? Four. Four. Three or four, yeah. Go from a bottom, a top four pick to a bottom four pick in 2018. That's pretty wild. They're one of the four teams left. Accidents happen. Hey, Pete, that's how you got here. Not only (laughs) runs. There's another joke, there's another joke that had accidents happen, but I can't tell it on here. I just did. No, no, no. No. There's another one. I mock myself in that joke, so I, and I've, I, 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 
brothers are tall and he's short. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually mentioned it to my dad before his passing, by the way. Okay. So the Jaguars, they go into Pittsburgh. I do you making a nice coffee? Pete, do you think that it's A, that the Steelers overlook the Jaguars for the Patriots, and B, do you think no. Jaguars who beat the Steelers can go beat the Patriots? Well, first off, I don't think they – all that talking, that bulletin board stuff and overlooking them and everything else, I don't buy it. The bottom line is, here's what I do buy. It's for some reason, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in Ben Roethlisberger's head. And he's one in four. 500 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, he's one in four. Yards. He's one in four against them at home. That's not good enough, okay? He just has weird problems against them. Strange things happen. And are they good enough to go win at New England? Yeah. Will they go win at New England? No. They're not going to. Nick, go ahead and get on the Blake Bortles sandbox. Get, no, sandbox. there's no sandbox, but let me say the Jaguars are in Roethlisberger's head. He threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, but the, the last did, one was uh, – last 80 yards was garbage time. The Steelers did not lose the game because of Ben Roethlisberger. They lost because, no, they their defense, because their defense was garbage and because Mike Tomlin coached the game like he had never coached uh, on, on the pro level, on the collegiate level, Pop Warner High School, or had never picked up a, a PlayStation controller to play Madden before. That was a disgraceful coaching performance by Pittsburgh. And if I'm the Rooney family, I'm considering firing Mike Tomlin in this You're a moron. That's not no, You're I'm, a I'm, moron. That is one of the five dumbest things ever said on this podcast. Dude, there have been a lot of dumb things said on this podcast. We can go down the list as the reasons. That's why, that's why you hold a freaking PlayStation controller in your hand. Because that's a baby boy thing to say. That, I, I, I think that, that, I think that they coach the game away. That's, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. They didn't have a great day today. But okay. Fire him, Nick. Well, let's 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 put some things in context. One, they're not going to fire him because he has too many winning seasons. But it is worth noting that he hasn't really won anything, you know, of real substantial merit since he Bill Cowher's players left. It's been a decade, and by the way, they've never beaten the Patriots. What would have happened next week? I know that I've been banging the Trump Steelers going to beat the Patriots. Clearly, that wouldn't have happened even if they would have won this game, right? Right. You want to keep this guy as coach to what? To keep running into the Patriots buzzsaw every year? Okay, Dude, you're, okay but let's let's move. You're not firing Mike Tomlin. This is not that, happening. That is, no, seriously, that is really stupid. What Nick just I said. I don't think it is. Say this: that I think what we saw on Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh against the Jaguars was one of the five worst coach games that we've ever seen. And I've seen Andy Reid cough up two of the worst playoff losses in the last five years. Now. Dude, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's been – what the hell was Mike Malarkey doing yesterday? I mean, there, there's a lot. I mean, one of the five worst coach games. It was really bad. Defense couldn't get a stop. They gave him 45 points at home to Blake Bortles. How do you explain the onside call, kick? The onside kick is inexplicable. How do you explain is, the onside kick? It is – dude. It is fire Jack, the fourth and shorts were the fourth and shorts were dumb. The fourth, and, you know, the fourth, and, the two fourth down calls were dumb, but they lost the game because of Ben's fumble return for a touchdown oh, and Ben's interception at the ten yard line, and they couldn't they couldn't stop playing portals in the second half of the freaking game. Their defense was bad today. Where was where was, was Cam Hayward? Did anybody see him? 
Was he in the no, game? They were, no. They were, they, were, they were getting ready to play the Patriots, and that's on Mike Tomlin because all the team talked about all week was the freaking Patriots and Le'Veon Bell coming out on Thursday saying he's going to retire. This is oh, – what did everyone say last last year, right, after they lost to New England and Antonio Brown posted the, the Facebook video? We got to tighten this ship. We got to tighten up. Guess what? That ship was not tightened, and you know who that's a reflection of? The head coach who couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag during this football game. Period. As Jalen Ramsey said to Ben Roethlisberger this week when he told me, he goes, be careful what you wish for. And they, they wanted him, they got him, and they beat him. They were the better team today. Yes. Yeah, they were the better team because the Steelers yeah. didn't come out prepared as if they hadn't been coached up to be ready to play the Jaguars at okay, home. Okay, but they've been the better team in two games and beat the daylights out of them basically twice. Are they the better team, period? Yes. That, right. That's a good matchup for dude. They scored 75 points on the road. They're better. They're better than the Steelers. Look, look, okay. Let me, let me tell you, let me say, let me say this. We talked all week long. I know that you, me, and Sean were joking about it on Twitter, Pete. We talked all week long about how the Jaguars needed to attack the Steelers. The three of us. Okay. The, 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 the four of us here on microphones in, uh, in this freezing ass apartment in wherever Nick is and on, I mean, like, Mike Tomlin didn't figure it out in time. Like, the, like the Jaguars came out and executed it, that game plan that we talked about on the Steelers, and the Steelers didn't look ready for it. And then conversely, on offense, the Steelers came out like they'd been sitting for three weeks. I mean, you have Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, and you come out cold, you come out throwing, you don't have a good game plan. On the fourth and shorts, you run the effing toss sweep, the same one that gagged away in the second half well, of 2000. I go back to the first. Go, go back to the first. You, short. you Pete, tried to throw it instead of running a quarterback sneak. It was horrible. Did you see what they did on the first the first drive of the game? They went empty set, first down, second down, third down. Yeah. Like, the Jacksonville Jaguars issue, right, is they, they don't stop the run that well. And you can run it up the gut on them. You the, 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 and they go out shotgun, empty set, first down, second down, was, third down, it was three and out. That's it was co- ridiculous. That's yeah, but, yeah, but everyone's like, oh, but Mike Tomlin, this great coach, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, let's, let's bring this guy back. All right, I mean, no, if, if you're firing him. Who are you hiring? Dude, who are you listen, hiring? Listen, I'm not saying that they that they should fire him, and I'm not even saying that I would if I were the owner. I'm just saying that you this game, that. No, that, is, that is a – you know what it is? They were all fireable offenses. Do it and try and disagree with it. Disagree with that these were fireable game, offenses. You're going to fire them over one game. My God, right. Rick. Who are you hiring? What What have they you're done? Typical Why did you fire Tomlin and promote Haley since you hiring? job? Sure, Josh McDaniels, Mike Vrabel, Pat Shermer, sure. If you, yeah. fired, if, you fired, if you fired Mike Tomlin today, Josh McDaniels would take the Steelers job, right? No, wait, here's the thing. You can't even talk to Josh McDaniels until the bye week before the Super Bowl. Like, it's, what, look, you, not firing him. It's irrelevant. Like, they want a bunch yeah, of – it doesn't make – don't even go down this road. Nick Nick went down a road that uh, was way off the beaten no, path. I, I, think, I, I think it's a – I think that these were the onside – You're ridiculous. Ball. Pete, Pete, you talk about situational football. It was a terrible call. No, no, I want you to say exactly what it was because you want to get on the situational football high horse. That might have been situationally the worst call that I have ever seen in the 30 years that it I was, watched. It was a, like I like to say in my send out my tweets, it was another bastardization of situational football, but it's not worth firing over. It, it, it's, it's the totality of everything that's around this team. They didn't tighten the ship. All the crap that the team talked, Mike Mitchell's 
out there outside the Jaguars locker room before the game, riling them up? Like, who allows – do you think – and look, Belichick's the best. It's not about comparing everyone to Belichick. But could you imagine a Belichick coach no. team or players doing that? No, I mean, I give me a frick. This is why they can't beat New England. This is because of crap. Like, and how many times have the Steelers under Mike Tomlin been a touchdown or higher favorite, a double-digit favorite, and yacked a game away? It happens all the time. He's not a bad coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but this was malpractice today and a fireable offense. And it actually kind of annoys me, and I was thinking about this after the game ended. I was so annoyed and fired up about Pittsburgh that it's burying what the, the, what the story of the game is, which is the Jaguars won the game. Like, Pittsburgh didn't lose this game despite all the coaching errors. The Jaguars went out and won and, the game. And Blake well, Bortles made two plays in the fourth quarter yeah. that showed that he made the throw to Cole, which he had to make. Right. And he also, one of the best plays of his career is one that didn't get any attention in this game, was he went through his progressions and found T.J. Yeldon wide yes, open. on the outside, left. yes, wide left. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And ran for 40 yards and a big yeah. first down to set up a touchdown. Look, that play in the past, Blake Bortles runs, gets out of there. He stayed there, stayed put, made through his progress. That was a big boy play right there. And you know what? They allowed him to throw on first down. The throw to Cole deep in the middle of the field was on first down. That's the way he has to play. And if they do that at New England next week, they'll have a better chance to win. Well, they're not beating New England. But you they, said they weren't winning today, Jay, Jason. They, you said – no, stop beating New England's a whole nother deal. No, I agree. Patriots are a whole nother deal. But when you look at the matchup, I mean, the the Patriots are not good at stopping the run. And they're not good on defense in general. I get that they're better in the red zone, but I think limits that can help nullify that a little bit. But they're so smart and complicated. They're going to throw so many things at him that he's going to have all kinds of Dude, problems. The Patriots don't give up points. Here's what they – the last 13 weeks – Yeah, but they haven't played many good offenses either, Jay. Not that Jacksonville is a good one. This is not a good offense. They don't give up points. They, want they let you do yours between the 20s. They don't give up points. <laughs> That's a lot of Jason dropping us spots. And Jason's cursed a couple times recently. Fournette looked like a different player, though, right? Like, Pete, this was not the Leonard Fournette that we had seen down the stretch of the season. No, the last no but more so than that, this is the first time that the line has been together healthy in like three, in like 10 weeks or something. They've had so many injuries, and now they're back healthy. They dom- The line dominated the game. Was there anybody around Bortles have to – he didn't turn the ball over. He barely got pressured. I mean, that, the line deserves a lot of credit. They play good football. And, and look, here's the way I'm playing New England. If I'm if I'm the Jaguars next week, I'm putting Ramsey on Gronk. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna put Ramsey yeah. on, and, and and then I will take my chances playing press man on the other guys, and I will go hit Brady. And if you beat me making those throws, remember, you guys might not remember this, but in 2007 they went to Pittsburgh and upset the Steelers, and then they went to New England the next week. And they played cover two the entire game, and Tom Brady had a seven-on-seven drill in the backyard. He picked them to shreds. You can't do that. The Jack Del Rio special in that game, of course. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. But but conversely, if you're – okay, so let's play this game here. Like Will said, we're four guys here in the comfort of our homes, not football coaches, right, although Pete fancies himself. I'm a coach. One. I'm a coach and a let's, general manager. Let's play this game. How are the Patriots – what are the Patriots going to do on offense next week against Jacksonville? They might run it. <laughs> no, you, you, you think so? They're going to line it up, and they're going to pound Deion Lewis into that Jackson. Dylan Lee, baby. Over. Yes, yes, and that's why they're brilliant. Like, it's not, they're not coming out empty. It's not just, the first it's not just Lewis. Jonas Gray. Is it Jonas Gray? Is it Jonas Burkhead, Gray? Burkhead's going to be available next week. We have Lewis, White, Burkhead. 
But if you do you're that, don't run it to death and you're going to scream them to death. You're going to yeah. them. Don't you Josh play is going to scream them to death. If that happens, isn't that a win for Jacksonville right off the bat if you're taking the ball out of Brady's hands? No, because they're going to control the clock what and then Portals is going to have to make plays and he's not going to. Yeah, but I, I, I'd rather have. I'd rather have the running game in New England clicking a little bit than have Tom Brady throw for, you know, whatever. No, I said screen them to death. He's going to screen them to death. It's going to be 15 here, 12 here, 11 here, 35 there. He's going to screen them to death. The Jaguars' pass rush wasn't very good today, by the way. No. But that Steelers line is pretty good, though. By the way, the Jaguars are going to have a pick outside of the top 10 for the first time since 2007. That is crazy. This uh, year, this year kind of reminds me of '96, and you know what happened at the end of '96. Pete, I got to tell you, they lost I, to New England. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to tell you, before the playoffs started, you said it's been a crazy year. We might see some craziness happen in the playoffs, and you were spot on. The final four quarterbacks remaining: Tom Brady, Blake Bortles, Nick Foles. Oh my God! One of those is not like the other. Yeah, no kidding. I saw your tweet too. One of them is not like the other. There's no doubt about it. You think that because because look like the Jaguars have a really good defense, the Vikings have a great defense, and the Eagles have a really good defense. I mean, and the Patriots, like Jason said, they've been playing good defense too. But do you think that this is Patriots waltz in and win the whole thing? It's too easy to say that, isn't it? I mean, on the surface, isn't that too easy to say? Yeah. I would say I would say they win it all. I picked them before the season, so I'm sticking to it. But I mean, how can you pick against that? You just give no, me. I- I just, I just like the fact, and let's give ourselves some credit here because we all said all season long, give us, a, give me a team maybe outside of Pittsburgh that we think's got a legit shot to beat the Patriots in Foxborough in January. And all of us said, maybe not Jason, but all of us said every week it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now they got a chance yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, Jason, Jason never quite bought into that defense. I still don't. I'll be honest with no, you. No, I bought into defense. I didn't buy into Blake Bortles. But he he hasn't he, look he's done the things that he's had to do in the postseason. He which has is not, not turned it over. He hasn't turned it that's over. All, that's all you're asking him to do. Just don't turn. Ben turned it over twice. He turned it over none. I mean, whatever you want to say about that game, and we can nitpick it to death, and we can talk Tomlin, and we can talk Haley, and whatever you want to talk. Ben had an interception at the ten yard line that turned into seven, and Ben had that straps. Uh, strip sack fumble, whatever the hell that was. Whether I still don't know whether they called that an incompletion or whatever, but it went to the house, and that's 14 points, and that was a difference in the game. Above and beyond the fourth and one and everything else, and that's a difference. So, you, so you're blaming Ben Roethlisberger. I just want to get this on record. You no, are blaming Ben no, Roethlisberger. No, I'm blaming the Pittsburgh Steelers defense for giving up 45 points to a Blake Bortles offense at home. But if we're comparing quarterbacks, Ben Don't had the bigger it. numbers, but Blake did not give it up. Yeah. And, and you've got to make Blake give it up. He's got to give it up the good multiple thing, times. The good thing for Jacksonville in this game is this. They had a moments in the fourth quarter where they were shaky and unsteady and it looked like it was coming unglued. And Bortles made plays when he had to in those moments. And that's something that he hasn't been he hasn't done this year. That's a good thing moving forward for next week. It really is. And and they gotta let him throw in early downs. He had the third down conversions, a number of them. And Pete, you make a great point because how many times did you guys think after Steelers score, after Steelers scores, whether it was at the end of the first half, the Martavis Bryant touchdown, 
after every Steelers score in the second half, pretty much, I'm thinking, okay, game's over, Steelers coming back, winning, it's done. Yeah, and they drove twice when they had no situations. They went out, and those weren't, you know, somebody, Brady Quinn was with me today. He was trying to argue, oh, they turned it over, and that's how they short field. I go, no, they didn't. They got one touchdown off a short field and one defensive touchdown. The other ones were all long drives, and one of them was 60, 70, 70 something. Oh, no. His first two drives of the second half were legitimate. I mean, they, he, he moved the ball. Like, he was a big boy quarterback. He, for those drives, he moved the ball. He made third down throws. He he found his secondary and his, his you know, he found receivers of him, his primary guy. He read the field a few times. He waited for things to develop. Is the moment nice. too big? I just don't I don't think it's gonna happen against Bill Belichick next week, that's, but that was, that's that what was I'm saying. Is, is the moment too big for that team next week? Wait, I, and uh, here's my question, Pete. Uh, you can answer this one. Is there is there a Tom Coughlin factor here? given that Coughlin has beat Belichick in two Super Bowls. Coughlin talks to Marone and the team all the time, obviously. Is there a Tom Coughlin factor that comes into play, even though Coughlin's not on the sideline? Yes, absolutely, 100%. And mm-hmm. you got to remember, there's some guys on his staff that Perry Fuel's on that staff now. He was there with them, right? I mean, he in was 20, with In 2011, yeah. Yeah. So, look, the bottom line is there's definitely a Tom Coughlin influence, and he's around Marone. He charts the plays. He's on the practice field. Of course there's an influence. Yes. So so, so, so let me ask this, because how the Giants were able to beat the Patriots in those two Super Bowls, especially in Super Bowl 42, was the, was the pressure on the quarterback, specifically up the middle. Whether in the inside. From inside. Jason, Correct. Four-man rush, yeah. Correct. Can Jacksonville do that? Are they going to experiment with different packages along the defensive line? Are they going to kick anyone inside? Like, like how are they going to try and make this happen? Because, Pete, like you said, this was not, has not been a dominant. Despite all, all the sacks, they don't have that Michael Strahan, that OCU Minora, the Jason Pierre-Paul, the Justin Tuck, the end of game, the Von Miller, the, the Terrell Suggs, the strip sack guy at the end of a game. How are they going to try and finagle this and fashion this and make this happen? Well, you know, I asked Calais Campbell that question last week. Exactly. I said, you don't have a Von Miller strap sack. And he said, and Godway will be that, but he ain't quite there yet. You know, and, and he's pretty honest about it because he does he's have a there, lot of strip- He's getting there. Still. He's getting there because he's got a lot of strip sacks and a lot of big plays. But so I think what they're going to have to do, this is what I would do uh, against them. I'd move Campbell inside more in this defense next week and rush him into the middle and put Fowler and guys like that on the field more to rush the quarterback from the edges and, and do it that way. Because I think with Malik Jackson and Campbell on the inside, you can push the pocket in the middle a little bit. Uh, and Darius can push the pocket, too. He's not as he's not he's pretty good in there, too. God, you forget about all the players that they had. Some, and Dante, we haven't even mentioned Dante Fowler, either. I mean, it's yeah, by Miles Jack. That was that was beautiful. Like he like. It's like I mean, like, it was so calm, right? The way he did it. As you know, it's, it's, they've done that kid a little bit of a disservice, by the way, because they moved him. Remember, they played him in strong side last week. He had to, last year. He had to learn a bunch of positions and move him around and everything. He's going to be a star at middle linebacker. He just, he's just his head spins a little too much because he's had to learn all the positions. You know, it's just it's taking him some time. And Pete, you know who I think deserves some credit is your guy Dave Caldwell. Oh, obviously, like. The Gus Bradley hire, I think you could say, was pretty much a disaster. Good man, maybe not a great head coach. But, I mean, the players that he picked, like Will mentioned, all those first-round picks, all those high picks, he did a great job assembling this roster. At the end of the day, maybe it needed Tom Coughlin to push them over the top, and maybe he wasn't the guy to get that done. But I I think that we're maybe sleeping on the credit as it concerns Dave Caldwell for a lot of the picks he made stopping this roster with talent. You know who who people are sleeping on? 
and next year at this time, I think he'll be hotter than hot. It's Todd Wash. Hmm. Yes. Defensive coordinator. Yeah. Todd yeah, Wash. Gotta... I mean, Gus Bradley had all these same freaking guys. Like, well, he didn't have he didn't have Campbell, and he didn't he didn't have Darius, and he didn't have Barry Church in the back end. That matters. Or, and or Boye. Barry Church. I mean, and AJ on. Boye. We're talking, we're talking about eleven year. I'll, I'll give you Boye. Boye. Let's not. And forget. I'll give you Campbell, but. What about Boyer? This defense last year was god awful. Like it wasn't. It's not like this defense was like top five, but like you know on the come. But no, Nick made a good point about Caldwell because you know you know that draft was he went Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, Yannick Ngagwe, one two three two years. Badass. It's badass. Imagine if they hadn't blown. Don't, don't, don't try to tell me that Barry Church is a difference maker on that team. He's he not good player. He solidifies them in the back end. He's nice. AJ Boyer is a difference maker. Boyer is. Well, they got that. They had a Campbell, Boyer, and Darius and Church. That's not a lot. Jason, why can't you credit the Jaguars? I just did. I just gave all credit to Todd Wash. Who am I not crediting? Pete, what do you think? You think J- Jason gives the Jaguars? No, and in fact, everybody in Jacksonville hates Lock and Fora to like to the <laughs> umph degree because he had to move into London a couple <laughs> years ago. I got news for you. Still moving to London. I got news for you. You're out of your mind. Ask any bookmaker over there who which team they would put the highest odds on as the one that moves over there. It's not even. I don't even know who's. I don't even know who would be like second on the list. Panthers. No. What happened? Some American is about to pay two point one billion for the Panthers. No, what, it's not the Panthers. What if the, what happens if the Jaguars win the Super Bowl? We can rescind that, that idea, or you mean they, they can't move a team once they win the Super? Bowl? No, they're not moving. Run, they're not run. moving. He's putting so he's he's spending millions and millions to upgrade the city of Jacksonville. Oh, okay. He just bought the land across yeah, yeah. from the. He, he just bought the land across. He's building a Four Seasons hotel. God, yeah. Jason, why yeah. do you do your homework, man? You don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm doing my homework. Here's what I know. There's one team in the NFL that is allowed to sell sponsorships, naming rights, and exclusivity in their marketing deals in the UK. Who is that team? Jacksonville. There you go. I, I'm honestly more more curious, Jason, about what it is that you're eating right now. I'm eating tortilla chip, yellow tortilla chips from the fresh market. This is some like hyper, like not even a really good snack. They don't really taste like much. They taste like basically like snack. the bottom can, can, of my can, shoe. Can you put yourself? I, was, I had no dinner tonight, so this is my dinner. I'm home. It says non-GMO USDA organic. I don't. I don't know. They don't taste like much, but this is my dinner because I didn't eat on the train. So I'm seeing if the conductor. By the way, I'm seeing if the conductor. I sent him an email. Um, okay, can you, Eric? If you can play that, can you play it uh, right now? This is Jalen Ramsey just a few minutes ago at Everbank Field in Jacksonville. Too much to say, but y'all make sure y'all bring that same energy out here next week and the week after. We going to the Super Bowl and we gonna win that bitch. Yes, yes, I love it. We gonna win I that bitch. It. You know, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys this. Two things here on on Jalen Ramsey. One, Eric, Eric, the conductor. Look at this guy. I sent him a, a, a link to a tweet. and He's playing it on the podcast immediately. 
guy's incredible. He is the Jalen Ramsey at the show. And two, Pete, one of Pete's hotter takes ever has been that he would take Jalen Ramsey over Zeke Elliott. And I think it is more and more true the more time that passes. Ramsey is, Ramsey's the truth, man. I had a little yeah. chat with Jalen Ramsey the other day where I played the grandfatherly figure to a young player. And I told him, I said, Jalen, don't ever change who you are. You will become villain number one in the National Football League, and you will become the guy that everybody wants to use as an endorser. Do not change. And he looked at me and he said, you're right. And he won't. He will He will bask in that. I, I, if he, they went to the Super Bowl, if they went to the Super Bowl, he would be the media star. He's Richard Sherman 2.0 if they go to the Super Correct. Bowl. Correct. Yeah. Except, except, ready for this one? He's better than Richard Sherman. Uh, Richard Sherman's very good. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. No, no, no. Yes, I think he yes, can be. Yes. I think he can be better than Richard Sherman. He will be better I, than Richard Sherman. I, I think he's already better than Richard Sherman right now. Yeah. I think he's already better. Well, he's better than a 32-year-old Richard Sherman. Yeah, but I mean, is he better than Richard Sherman like five years ago? No, when his career is all said and done, if he plays the same amount of years as Richard Sherman, he will be a better player. He'll be better. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. I know. I meant. So, I meant, you know, let me ask you. You're going to Brinson? Are you going to give me? Would you take? Who would you take right now if you could have your pick of Elliot or uh, Jalen Ramsey? I just told you. It's not even a hot take anymore. Give me Nick, who would you take? I mean, it depends on situation. Like in a, in a vacuum, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, I can't bang on the Cowboys for making a pick they did. They went thirteen to three. You know, after that, you get Alvin Kamara, you get Kareem Hunt, and you pair him with yeah, exactly. In a Howard. vacuum, I guess I guess it's Jalen Ramsey in a vacuum, but like I can't kill the Cowboys for picking Elliott. No, it was a good pick, but Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, is I can. Elliott, Elliott's got issues, dude. Yeah. And so does Jalen, but Jalen's issues are not nearly, not even close to being as. Play that clip. I love that. Dude, that clip, that clip, the next time, the next time Elliott screws up. He could be done. Yeah. Play it again. Play the clip again. I ain't got too much to say, but y'all make sure y'all bring that same energy out here next week and the week after. We're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to win that bitch. He's so He's so he's so awesome. We've been doing this podcast for for quite some time now. We've only talked about the Sunday games. I feel like we hit a little. We we got we there were games on Saturday. We got to cover them. Uh, Falcons lose to the Eagles. Pete, I'm going to give you how much ever time you want to defend your boy Sark's red zone. I'm not defending that in any way, shape, or form. I thought it was one of the most atrocious series I've ever seen. Well, okay, the fade. Yeah, I can give you the fade on first down. Second down, that run. But that shovel pass to Ward was a joke. The third down play, look, you go into Julio, I get it. And then the fourth down play, why would you cut the field in half? Dumb. Really dumb. I hated it. On the third down play, the slant to Julio on first down, then you have second down and short on the, on the one or on the two. And you've got three chances. You can, then you can move Ryan around. You can utilize your personnel. You can use your friggin' Pro Bowl running backs because you got two of them to pound the ball in there. You could do any number of things, and they didn't. You could throw a jump ball to Julio. You can run the fade from there if you want and, and see if he can win that. Um, the the underhand pass is inexplicable and stupid. The the roll Ryan out to the right. The fact that the Eagles recognized it before they broke the huddle, and that's what Rodney McLeod said. Um, you know, that's what uh, Malcolm Jenkins said. 
you can see them. If you go back and watch the play, you can see them pointing it out. They know exactly what's going to happen. And then the biggest crime of it all to me is that you had a bailout safety valve option. If you saw those guys running to the, running to their left and blocking it off, but they've got, they've got their fullback Coleman out of the left side lined up by himself and he's running a slant. Like, was this a setup for the two point conversion where Julio's over there and you faked the rollout right? I don't, I don't know, but it was a awful play call. Like, okay, this is all I think you need to know about the analysis of the play call. On fourth and the season, not fourth and goal. That's your best goal. Fourth, fourth and the season. You cut the field in half. You have one receiver split out to the other side. And that receiver is not actually a receiver, but he's your fullback. And God bless Derek Coleman for overcoming what he's had to overcome. Derek Coleman is deaf. Now, what you have done on fourth in the season is put a split out your deaf fullback. And I'm not making fun of Derek Coleman, so please don't get this. But like, what, like, I don't understand, like, what the rationale is for this play. Like, how do you possibly explain or defend that? See, and I don't think if Julio doesn't fall down, it's going to be completed. Anyway. I think the guy was blanketing on him. He was all over him. It would have been a tough throw. It was a bad it was it was so, and he and not only was it a bad throw, it was a tough throw. Jalen Mills, by the way, had like just ridden him like a pony. Like he had knocked down Julio and was standing up like gotten on top of him. Julio gets look, back up and he was gonna fall out of bounds. You could have thrown a flag there. Julio said afterwards, like, you know, you you gotta play physical. No flag. Jake, this is pass. their this is their big boy quarterback. He makes twenty five, twenty six million a year. He Pete Prisco sleeps in um Matt Ryan undies. Uh, he's got, and you know, he, he, he's America's sweetheart. He's not a threat to run the ball at all. Keep him in the pocket. There needs to be multiple crossers. There needs to be crossing routes from the left, crossing routes from the right, two wide receivers and a tight end, and let him pick out the most favorable matchup and sling it across the middle of the field. The field is already tight. And they sucked in the red zone all year. Why constrict the field even more? Why take away two of Ryan's four potential reads? Why take potential weapons out of the arsenal? And why throw to the boundary, which is helping the defender? I mean, it, 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 okay, ah, after all that, what? After all that, though, Jason, he fell down. He got back up. Because he, he was his first read. When he fell down, he tried to come back to the other side. There was nothing there. So then he came back to him again, and he throws the pass. Should Julio have caught the pass? I'm not blaming your boy. I'm blaming no, no, but I'm the saying, I'm asking people are saying Julio should have caught it. I don't know if he could have got his feet in anyway. I don't know. The pass, you know, he, he had to really – he had to extend to, to even get to the ball. I, why is Julio not running across the, the middle field. of the field where he can run past the linebacker? He Like – you got to use geometry. Like it's it's about get... geometry and geography, right? Guys, it's guys, about... for, forget about the final play. Here's the bottom line. The Atlanta Falcons did not deserve to win that game. Their passing offense was garbage most of the year. Well, the, the yardage wasn't bad. It's just every time they got in the red zone, they stunk. They can't score. Dude, you can't score in money time with a lot of money in the offensive line and a $25 million quarterback. And a wide receiver who averages 100 yards a game, and Gabriel, who was a beast last year, and two running backs. I mean, what the frick? So, who do you put it on? You put it on Sarkeesian? <laughs> the team's Sarkeesian and your quarterback, but they're not firing the quarterback because he 
Well, he didn't play poorly this year. He just didn't play as well as he did last year. I think, I think it's worth noting when you talk about the Falcons, too, that Atlanta was not great in Kyle Shanahan's first season. And I'm not saying that they're going to have some explosive Super Bowl run like they did in the second season. Dude, Kyle Shanahan's a beast. Sarkeesian, no. No. Saying they didn't have a great year. I, yeah, the Falcons could have. I mean, the Falcons could have won that game really easily if they, if they, they, they. Nick and I were texting in that game, and the Falcons. Or, or I think it was you that said, but like, the, like the Falcons just let the Eagles hang around too long. Like they were a better team than the Eagles, and it became a game where it got really cold. The Falcons couldn't execute in the red zone, and then all of a sudden you had the Falcons, who are a fast defense and hard hitting, and were trying to flip the field gave the Eagles too many chances, and then the Eagles had the ball, you know, with their running game and big and physical, and they were just pounding it down the Falcons' throat late there, and you know, Atlanta had a look to try and... That, those RPOs got them, those run-pass options. Yeah, sure. Know. i give, I got to give Doug Peterson and his offensive staff a lot of credit, because Nick Foles didn't throw for those yards. They schemed him up, because Nick Foles wasn't very good, but he had wide-open receivers on quick throws, easy throws. They made it easy on him. They deserve a ton of credit. They they, they had a great scheme on offense to get him going. But what I want to make a meme call. Quick thing. What happens if Keanu Neal actually picks that ball off at the end of the half? I mean, you got him. that was a terrible throw. Falcons win. Oh, the one that he kicked up in the air and was caught yeah. by uh, Why is he leading his feet? I mean, what, what, what technique is that? Yeah, Jump that was... as high as you can. The Falcons... like, leave your feet. I've never heard of that crap before. Can I give you where I think Atlanta – I think Atlanta lost this game on the first two possessions by not punching it in. Because you saw – like You when, said when that J- right away, too, Nick. When, when Jay Ajayi fumbled that ball, the crowd in Philly was, was like, ready to go home. Like, they were done. Like, it's like, oh, my God, like, we're like we're going to lose this game. Season's over because we lost our quarterback. And Atlanta was unable to get that touchdown that they needed. And it's only 3 nothing at that point. It's like, okay, now Philly, not only is it a one-score game, but it's a field goal game and you're tied. That's where I think Atlanta lost the game. And I also want to make a mea culpa here because I know we spent a ton of time on the first couple games because I killed Doug Peterson all year. And I said I felt Doug Peterson – I got a ton of tweets about this yesterday. that I said Doug Peterson in the big spot was going to blow it for the Eagles. Not only did Doug Peterson not blow it for the Eagles, but that fourth and goal call, Doug Peterson coached this team to victory. In the same way that Mike Tomlin lost this game for the Steelers or helped them lose it, Doug Peterson helped the Eagles win the game. And even if next week or even in the Super Bowl, if Doug Peterson makes a boneheaded call, I'm still going to say that he is a he, he earned it. He earned it for me. And I'm going to and I'm going to eat some crow on that one, no matter what happens the rest of the season, because he coached a badass game. He had that team motivated to play. So I give Doug Peterson a ton of credit. I have to agree. Look, I mean, Pete's right. The RPOs, the, the Eagles were floundering and Foles looked terrible. And then all of a sudden they started rolling the RPOs and, and, the, and the Falcons didn't adjust. Pete, do you think, Pete, that Dan Quinn is a good in-game coach? <laughs> well, I mean, judging based on what happened at the Super Bowl last year, it's an automatic no. Okay? Bash Dan Quinn. I like Dan Quinn. No, no, no. I'm so, I mean, oh, you can I'm just, bash him. You just based on what him. happened in the Super Bowl, you would have to say no. But, you know, one of his things was he said he was going to learn from that. And then, you know what? Maybe he needs to learn more because. He hired a bullet for Cornette. Jason, you, you, need, to, Jason, you need to curse podcast. more on this podcast. <laughs> Man, the offensive coordinator he wants that Pete Carroll was interested in hiring him. Dude, he hired Schottenheim before he even waited for him to get fired. Well, which is worse. That I is, would not hire Brian Schottenheimer. I, I, 
Uh, well, that I agree with. Who's worse? I would hire Dable. The guy I was pushing on him was my boy Haley. I know he had a rough day today. He had a rough day. He still scored oh, God. points. I mean, Todd Haley is no better than Sarkeesian or any of them other guys. Stop it. Oh, my God. Yes, he is. Dude, what? Yeah, look, because he's his guy. No, I listen. I, I don't think there's many. Like, like Sark, Pete, you're buying low on Sarkeesian right yeah. now. Very, very low. Last Nobody week, like center of the earth. Hey, Sark got the best away field press. We all said the same thing last week, didn't we? Yeah. Dude, did, did, Todd, Todd, did, did Todd Haley get the best of anybody today? Todd Haley's play calling. He's, he's good. They still scored 42 points. He ran the ball. He threw on, the ball on fourth four and inches, and he ran wide dude. on fourth and inches. You know, you, know, you know who I credit for Pittsburgh you scoring 40 points? You don't, think, you don't think Ben, you don't think ben checked out of a uh, sneaker deal. Ben said no. He didn't. Well, well, I, I, I didn't say what Ben said. I mean, I said, hey, do hey, you think, do you believe that Ben checked out of a sneaker deal? Not well, what he Ben did, told he the media. He screamed on the sideline. No, did you hear what Ben said? Ben said after the game that the sneak hasn't been in their playbook for a couple of years now. Yeah. And he, and he threw Haley under the bus also in that. Ben also said three weeks ago that they didn't call in two plays. They did. One play was a spike. One play was a pass to Eli. He called the pass to Eli, and then he forced the ball in there, and it got batted in the air, and the Patriots intercepted in the end zone, and then he threw his coordinator under the ball. Ben, ben walked out to the to the sidewalk and threw his coordinator onto the ground. Threw him right into Tequila Cowboys. <laughs> he threw him. <laughs> he threw him into a big ass pylon outside of Yellow Cowboys. Oh, and, uh, he may or may not have shattered his hip. Well, well, can we? Can I go back to one thing on the Steelers Jaguars game before we move on to the last game here? Do um, thirty minutes for my boy's father account. Um, Antonio Brown. I mean, just I, I think I'm ready, and I tweeted this. I think I retweeted Sean Wagner. Is it Magoo Magal? However the hell you pronounce his name, Shawnee, I love you. I, I, I McGoff. I, I retweeted Sean's tweet. I know he listens to the podcast all the time. He's great. I uh, I re- I just don't know how to pronounce his last name. I retweeted his tweet, um, putting Brown in the same sentence as Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens. And I have to be honest, I agree with him one hundred percent. I I don't know that Brown's as good as those guys. I think you can make the case Brown's better than T.O. I don't Why know about Randy not? Moss. Why is not? How is he not? What, what, what he's not better say? than he's not better than T.O. and Randy Moss and Jerry it's, Rice. It's, oh. it's 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 subjective. Why? I promise. He well, might, you, can make the, you can make you can make the case that he's better than all of them except for Jerry. Yes, you can. Twenty nine years old at, thir- at twenty nine years old, he might be the third best wide receiver ever. Because if you put if you put you had a draft right now and you could take Randy Moss or Antonio Brown, you're not taking Antonio Brown. Randy Moss, that's right. Okay, I'm taking Randy Moss. Randy Moss is a size speed freak, but you just named about four dudes. No, no, no. I, I'm taking him Ice over a lot of them. Brown. Well, you're not taking him over Jerry Rice. That's a given. Ooh, I don't know. Yes, what? I do know. Yes, you Jason. know. Jason. Jason. That's Jerry Rice is the greatest football player of all time, let alone receiver. He's, wait, so he's better than Jim Brown? Yes. Or Tom Brady? He, because you know why? You can make an argument in every other position. You can't make an argument at wide receiver. Yes, we're making an argument right now. What are you talking oh, you're, about? You're making a stupid, stupid, dumb argument right now. And, and my, from from what I've seen, I didn't see Jim Brown play. For me, it's between two players: Lawrence Taylor and Jerry Rice. One of the two, right. the best. And players. Lawrence Taylor, it's Lawrence Taylor is the best defensive player of all time, and Jerry Rice is the best offensive player of all time. 
No, but like, but the point is, is that Antonio Brown's oh, in that Panther boy. gear, right? I don't know about that. But Antonio Brown's in the Panther. Reggie, right? So and Reggie White's point. Reggie White's not in this equation. Wait, 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 guys, 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 guys. It's it's Sunday night. We have an entire off-season podcast to fill. We can discuss this player. Who? Especially when Jason's comparing Antonio Brown to Jerry Rice. No, I'm, wait, wait, wait. I'm saying no. I'm saying Reggie White's not Reggie White. Apparently, never played. Like he's just. Dude. Okay, okay. Let me let me ask you this. When we when we say that stuff about Antonio Brown, we are doing it with the caveat that he's going to play at this level for four more years, right? Because like if because yeah. because people say so and so is a Hall of Famer. Well, not if their career ended today, right? Like. Like, like Antonio Brown has had, he's had a. If Antonio great- Brown does four to six more years of what he's doing, he's going to obliterate a lot of stuff. Yes, he, but he's still like. But he ain't obliterating Jerry Rice's records. Oh. He has less. Rece- oh no, he's going to be right there, brother. He has less receiving yards than Wes Welker right now. So let's just breathe. Let's everybody breathe. I mean, like, it's, I'm just saying. I think that his talent and skill level and work ethic and the contract he's signed to and the fact that he's going to play with Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback, for at least two more years means he's going to continue to put up stats. At least one more year. At least one more year, right. But, I mean, like, if Ben retires. Ben's playing on his contract. Ben's got two years left. Ben is not giving much. He is not returning a signing bonus to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. So let's say say Antonio Brown gets 3,000 more receiving yards in the next year. That would leave him at 12,910, which would leave him behind Steve Larkins. So, I mean, like, he's still got where, like, before we're going to declare, I mean, you could say he's one of the greatest talents of all time, and he's there, and if he continues on this pace, he will be one of the greatest. Here's, here's what I want to say about Antonio Brown. Here's what I'll say. When it's all said and done, and you look at his five best years, his best five-year run will rival anybody's best five-year run in the history of football to that point. I agree. Now, Odell Beckham might end up having a better one. Other people might have a better one. But he will rival Jerry Rice on any metric you could look at well, I mean, for that best five-year run. It's where he hold in the conversation. I mean, he had more receiving yards through the first eight seasons than Jerry Rice did. Difference. Hey, when Antonio Brown... When Antonio Brown comes and gets close to 22 touchdowns in a season, come talk to me about being close to Jerry Rice, okay? Would you take Antonio Brown or Larry Fitzgerald? Jerry Rice went 22, 17, 13, 14, 15, 15. Come on, give me a break. And and in a different era. Correct. So for me, I mean, he's in the conversation. Different offense, too. I mean, and different quarterbacks and – I also think you look at it too, like Jerry Rice led the league in receiving six times. He led the league in touchdowns six times, right? He led the league in receiving yards a bunch of times. Antonio Brown, for as incredible as he's been, and I do agree that he is in this conversation as far as talent, he's only led the league in receiving twice, right? I mean, like he, I mean, like. And he's, he's only been in double digits in touchdowns three years. He's not in the conversation with those guys. He's in guys. a very different. He's in a different offense, though. He throws the ball. They throw the ball more now. See, Pete, I disagree. I think talent-wise, he's up there with with those three guys. I don't think that he's better than those three guys, but he's up there with them. I think you're short selling him a little bit. I think he's. I think he's great, but you, you can't put him in the conversation with guys who are just. I mean, Jerry Rice is generational. He's Randy also Wilson. playing with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it's a, there's, a, there's some different stuff going on. Oh, Roger Craig? Roger Craig wasn't any good. And he had, and he no, had Roger Taylor Craig was very good. Roger Craig is not Le'Veon Bell. 
Yeah, but, but, yeah, I mean, it is Marcus Allen isn't even Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is. Well, that's the one. I think we should slow, we should slow, we should slow down in the market. I was, I was going to let the Roger Craig one slide, and I don't even really agree with that. Tim Brown? What about Le'Veon Bell? Uh, look, let's table the all. Hey, hey Jason, I hope you, uh, I hope you wash your terrible towel tonight when you go to bed. I mean, Jesus. All right, all right. let's. We'll, we'll go. I'm, what do you mean? I'm not. The, this has nothing to do with the Steelers. If they can play for any team. You just said that Le'Veon Bell was better than Marcus Allen. What the heck I is think Le'Veon Bell is going to have a better career than Marcus Allen if he stays? Good luck on with the that trajectory he's on. Good luck with that. Okay. Good luck with it. Okay, fine. Oh, okay, this is. We really should have named this podcast "Off the Rails." And the the the, the Le'Veon Bell Marcus Allen thing's got legs because Marcus Allen only has no, he only has one season, two, three seasons over a thousand rushing yards. Yeah, dude, Le'Veon Bell is one of the most complete backs in NFL history. There, dude, I've talked to wide receiver coaches who say Le'Veon Bell is one of the top ten receivers. I receivers in NFL history in history. That route okay, in terms of route running, contested catches, ability to track the ball, they compare him to the top ten receivers in NFL history. That's got nothing to do with how he runs the ball. Okay, well, let's parlay that into. So this. let's not pretend that Le'Veon Bell is just the some jamoke. The catch today, because that, because to me, the thing about the Steelers that's, that has that is fascinating that we saw it on three different plays. Right, there was the Le'Veon Bell touchdown, there was the Martinez Bryant touchdown on fourth and eleven, and then there was the Antonio Brown touchdown on I think it was fourth and six. Right, it's like these guys are dead in the water. They're down fourteen. They have no business coming back, and it felt like. The athleticism and the talent, what Le'Veon Bell was able to do on that catch, the route he ran, the catch he made in the end zone, the placement of Ben on that on that pass, the the job of Antonio Brown to reach back and just pluck that ball out of midair, and then the the look the throw from Ben to Martavis Bryant as well. It feels like athleticism and talent overcomes a lot for them, in particular maybe even planning. And I got not to go back to the Mike Tomlin stuff, but I mean you're slipping. You don't think Le'Veon Bell's going to have a better career than Marcus Allen. You're out of your freaking gore. Well, you better get what going are you because he, tra- he trails Alfred Morris and LeGarrette Blunt and uh, Jamal Charles and Jonathan Stewart and DeMarco Murray and Matt Forte on that all-time you need to look at the over- Dude, bro, you need to look at the overall percentage of that offense. That look, goes he's not even as good as Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas yeah, is better than Thurman Thomas. The dude's had 400-plus touches two straight years. What are you talking like? What, what am I watching? He's not, he's, like, he's not Thurman Thomas. He's a great player. He's not Le'Veon Thurman Thomas. Le'Veon Bell's played five years, and he has the same number of 1,000-yard rushing seasons as Marcus Allen. What do you mean he's not as good as Thurman Thomas? Thurman Thomas is better than Marcus a- than, um, than Le'Veon Bell. No, he's not. He he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. What do you think What do you think his career r- yards per rush average is? Just for, for curious. I don't – I'm not – I'm not – I'm not. I'm not looking at his career yards per. Well, run. that matters. His career. You know, what I'm looking at his career percent of the offense, his touches, his yards per touch, his rushing his in yards the red per rush zone is where stuff gets really his tough. Per, his yards per reception is is five point oh. It's I mean, uh, uh, no, eight point five. I'm sorry. So yeah, yeah. Well. Okay. I mean, he's a good player, but you. All right, right, right. We're done. Let's look. Let's, we, we've been doing this thing for an hour. Um, yeah. 
we can rant on this in the offseason. We can do it. We'll do, uh, who's, we'll do, we'll do a whole segment about this and we can rant about this in the offseason. We have tons of time to talk about the Steelers, their retiring quarterback and their church issue fire. The Patriots beat the Titans. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's better than Barry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he's better than Barry Sanders. All right, go ahead. Will. I didn't go say ahead. He's better than Barry Sanders. I said he's, he's going to have a better career than Marcus <laughs> Allen and it's going to absolutely be true. <laughs> I All right, think, we're, we are calling a draw on this debate so Will can move the show along. Will, go ahead. The the uh, <laughs> the, the Titans. And gonna, he's more complete. I will, he's a, he's he will, he a will go down as a more complete back. That was good. Than Barry Sanders. That was full times. Oh, my God. The Titans are going to retain Mike Malarkey and extend him after that debacle on Saturday night. Um, why are they yeah. doing Jason, why are they doing this? Because the owner's cheap, and she's married to making this look good. And the first real thing she did as an owner was fire Wiz and Honda because he was getting the quarterback hurt too much and promote Malarkey. Malarkey has continued to get the quarterback hurt. I never heard of a dude. Have you ever had at this many press conferences where the coach comes out and says, oh, yeah, by the way, a quarterback tore his calf or ripped his freaking groin or, you know, shredded his butt muscle in the first quarter, and that's why we suck today. Anyway, that happens every week. Uh, look, <laughs> John Robinson wanted to hire Josh McDaniels the day he got the job. He wasn't allowed to do it. He's not allowed to do it now. The Colts will hire McDaniels. They won't get a third shot at him. They'll fire Malarkey a year from now, and they'll hire somebody not as good as Josh McDaniels. Godspeed. Starts with the owner. Pete, is this a is this going to cause the Titans to progress even further in 2018? Because I mean, like the reality- well, division is going to be good next year. I mean, you get Jacksonville's got everybody coming back, and they got to, might have a different quarterback, but they got everybody coming back. You know, the Texans are getting Deshaun Watson back, and JJ Watt and Merciless, and Andrew Luck's coming back. So right now, on the surface, if you had to pick the division right now, how would you pick? You probably pick most everybody will pick the Texans one. They'll pick the Jaguars two. I'm taking Jacksonville one. Jaguars one. All right, Jaguars one, Texans two, Colts three if Luck comes back, and then the Titans? Eh, I got to see Luck first. I'd go Titans three probably. Is Josh McDaniels going to get that job? Yes. Okay, so if Josh McDaniels gets that job with Daniel Luck, that's going to be better. The Titans, they treaded water for two and a half years, and they're going to pay for it. I agree. Is Is Dick LeBeau coming back? I do not believe so. Wow. That may not even be a bad thing. I, mean, I don't even know. I don't know what that is. But. Malarkey. Look, look, I get that Like we had Cower on the podcast last week, and I asked him about it, and you, you do feel bad. Like I feel bad that Malarkey is getting hung out in the wind here where there's reports every week that he might have a job and he might not have a job, and clearly the owner want, doesn't want to pay for another coach, but the GM wants his own guy. And I mean that stinks. Like it stinks that you're trying to prep for a playoff game and the reports about your job. It happens two weeks in a row. But you have Marcus Mariota, Derek Henry, and Corey Davis. You 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 have Jack Conklin. By the way, towards ACL, that stinks bad. For oh the- no! I'm I'm not ready. I'm not ready to put Corey Davis. Like just because you draft a guy eighth overall doesn't mean it was a good pick. Like I'm I'm not ready to act like this kid is something. Like, well, he started flashing, though. He, started he, flashing. he flashed once he got healthy. Yeah, he finally caught a touchdown in the playoffs. I mean, I, come on. Let's let's just – let's come on. You're the well, same guy who – He's better than Antonio Brown 10, based on his own week 12. <laughs> when it's coming to John Ross with some kind of 
freaking difference well, maker well, just to be fair, because that somebody great. took him in the top ten. No, 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 no. People make crap picks all the time. All, all I'm saying is that you have the pieces in place for a potentially explosive offense, and instead the Titans are going to keep running with malarkey. And it, it's frustrating because somebody who likes Marcus Mariota, who likes Corey Davis, who really likes Derrick Henry, it feels like they're going to waste it, and uh, that stinks. Derrick Henry, by the way, can I just say this, tiptoed through the tulips on Saturday night. It was bad running by him. Great game. Didn't have a great game. Huh? Didn't he, have no, he, just, he, wasn't, he was hesitant. He didn't look decisive. He tries to bounce everything. They, you know, they, they thought they had two running backs. They might not have had any. Oh, stop it, dude! Henry was coming off a, a, an amazing performance against the Chiefs. The holes were and, 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 and here's my point. Here's my point on Mariota. I think that and Jason, you were down on him last week, and he did not play well on Saturday. But I think that we can all agree that Marcus Mariota has it. Like he's no. got. Well, well, let me finish. I think that he's got it. And but in order for it to be there all the time, he needs a better coach to get it out of him. And I don't think that Mike Malarkey's the guy to coax it out of Marcus Mariota. He never was, but they promoted him from Wizenhunt's staff because Wizenhunt was getting him hurt too much. Dude, this guy's hurt all the time. Like, I'm just sorry. Like, you, you can't be transcendent. You can't be a difference maker if people are always, like, coming out after the game saying, oh, well, this really this really happened in the first quarter. And, oh, the second quarter, he got a boo-boo. Like, He's he's not strapping. He's not a physical force. He's not Cam Newton. He's not Andrew Luck. Like I'm just so over him. Like yes, coaching is a big part of it, and they should have made a move before now. They should have made a move after last season, but they didn't. And this is what it is. Mariota Mariota needs to needs to. He needs he's to get better. Keep getting nicked up all the time. He needs to get better. He's not a regress this year. Period. Dude, he threw more freaking interceptions than touchdowns. Come you on. You know, for all the crap that Blake Bortles takes, he he had a worse year than Blake Bortles did this year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mariota or Jameis, take your pick. Mariota or Jameis Winston, who do you got? Jameis. Jameis. But I got problems with Jameis, the crap he does on the sidelines, and the way he handles himself and what he does. You know, from Sunday eat, night, Jason. You don't want to eat that Saturday w? night. You don't want to eat the W, Jason. No, I don't eat Ws. You just eat crappy tortilla chips. I eat crab cakes. That's what Maryland does. You know what I eat? I eat shrimps and prime rib. You guys don't know anything about that. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. You don't get that reference. Let's at get all. out of yeah. here. We've been on for way too long. Let's go. Not too long. It was a great show. Pete's even texting, begging to get out. You and Pete go silent for like 20 minutes. He's trying to figure There out. it is. There's the text. We need to wrap. Yeah. Briscoe right. had two cats die during the taping of this podcast. We just let your dog out the, we just let your dog out the front door. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am petting my dog right now. He's asleep on my lap, Pete. So God, it's such, a, it's such a great picture, you and your dog on Twitter. It's just so touching. Yeah. At least you didn't say it was ugly. Because, yeah, it's my dog's no, ugly. Dog my, dog, my dog is so much hotter than you, Costas. You have no freaking idea. <laughs> my dog gets more tail than you. My dog gets. <laughs> my dog goes to a better spa than you. My dog has three BMWs. You only have one. F you. My dog wins. Uh, and, he also, and, 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 and he also pooped all over my Gary Sanchez jersey. So yes, I, he, yeah, he shat on your Sanchez. <laughs> it's a, advantage, advantage copper. Okay.
for uh, Nick Costas, Pete Prince, Jason Lockett, for the conductor. Uh, the poor here. conductor's got a lot of editing to do tonight. Conductor gets no <laughs> Because sleep. of you. Well, hey, man, it's been a long day. Well, listen, well, here's the thing. You know, the, the party thing happened, and it really threw everything off whack and off kilter. Guys, please, let's just end this. <laughs> yeah. Please kill it now. All right, thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us at Big Six on Podcast. We'll be back with a midweek breakdown of some more football stuff and party supply information. Later. And we're going to win that bitch.